Hello, everyone. Good to see you. Hello. So, okay. Well, let's uh, <clears throat> let's get started with the uh, Fatia Aisha. If you could, thank you. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad wa Bismillahirrahmanirrahim خير المخضوب عليهم ولا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم The universally merciful taught the Quran He created the human being He taught him clear speech the sun and the moon move according to a precise reckoning and the stars and the trees prostrate themselves. Uh, is Salah able to come on? أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الرحمن علم القرآن خلق الإنسان علمه البيان الشمس والقمر بحسدان والنجم والشجر يسجدان صدق الله العظيم. Thank you very much. Good. Now this one uh, that we're looking at today, uh, I thought we're looking at the seals now, the, the, the seals, the ones who seal prophecy and seal um, the sainthood. So the seal of prophecy and the seal of sainthood. And I had been looking at a, a number of different chapters for this one, and I couldn't find anyone that I could really settle upon until a question came, can we look at the seal of prophecy and the seal of sainthood? And so when that question came, I started this one here. What we did for 2020 is that we, uh, in December, we sealed all of the topics. So 2020, we were looking at topics, ideas, things that we need to know to understand Ibn Arabi. And the last ones uh, were on the seal of prophecy and the seal of, of sainthood. And that was in December 18th, so uh, six months ago. And then in 2021, we entered into the 114 chapters, which are the backpedaling of the Quran, looking from the last surah, Anas, becoming chapter 270, the first one, and then all the way to the Fatiha, which is the beginning in the Quran, and it's the last of the chapters, so 270 plus 114, that's the last chapter of this section. So these, this is of the four sections of the Futahat al-Makiyah. 
And so uh, we've been looking uh, from in these these chapters, these 114 chapters, and we're around chapter uh, uh, Surah 10, 11, 9, somewhere around there. And then this uh, idea came that perhaps we could look at the seals again, the seal of prophecy and the seal of sanctity. So for this, let me, okay, so the seals, let me see if I can put this on full screen and then uh, make sure everyone can see just right. Let's see. Okay, I think I'm gonna have to do it this way. Let's see. Okay. So the idea of seal, you know, this was quite incredible. I mean, I, I, for me, it was such a great uh, excitement to learn about the, the concept of sealing of this hatama. And so uh, one of the seals is to, is to may he fortify your heart with patience against their insults and lies. So sealing is a protective seal in this case, to, to, so that things don't uh, come at them and, and, and hurt and destroy what's good inside. And of course, soil, uh, we see it the same way with the seed. The seed is protected by the soil. And so the sealing is a soil protecting the seed so that it can grow. And this is when before, uh, when the plant is, is big and strong, it can withstand a lot of, of, of insults, uh, but it can't stand that when it's a seed. And so khatama has to do with the sealing of protection. And khatama, we say that you seal the Quran when you've recited the Quran from the first to the last, and you made it manifest between the shoulder blades. So sealing here is embracing and making manifest. And one says, when the bees have filled the comb with honey. So the comb filled with honey is now complete. Each of the gaps have been closed and have been filled. That's also a concept of sealing. And when one has turned the earth over the seed and watered it. So turning the earth over the seed and watering. So these are, uh, these are the, the linguistic or lexical uh, background for this sealing. Uh, and then we, when Ibn Arabi describes the entire spiritual hierarchy of the universe, uh, he talks about the seal. That's the first thing he looks at. And he says, the seal, he is one, but not in every time period. No, he is one in the whole world. God sealing by him the Muhammad-based authority. So this is the role of the seal of, of Saint. This is the role of Ibn Arabi to, for one time in history, to seal the authority and the friend friendship of Muhammad Sallallahu for the entire world. So it is the universal message. And Ibn Arabi must seal this universal message, which means he needs to protect it from insults and lies. He needs to seal it and make it manifest in, from between his shoulder blades. And he has to uh, turn it over in the soil so that it can grow. And so this is his mission, that's his role. And so all prophets, messengers, and mothers of the faithful, all of them teach and guide for his sake in his place, 
and he is the comprehensive embracing messenger. So the seal of prophecy, Muhammad Sallallahu is a comprehensive embracing messenger, gathering together all people. So he has to gather all of people, all the religions, all of the communities. And then the one who is the seal of that sanctity, of that, of that position, then must be universal as well and has to speak to and for everyone from the first Adam to the last person born. And so Ibn Arabi's work then is to is both outward and inward. The outward part is to show that everything outwardly in Islam is universal. So he has to show that the Islamic, that the law is universal. It applies to everyone. It's not a localized, historic, um, for the Arabs only, or for this person or these communities only. It's universal. And so that's why for 2000 pages, he goes through every legal dis uh, position and shows how that position can be seen universally, can be seen as a universal truth. He also has to seal the inward, which is uh, so Fatima's the font, and then the later Sufi orders. So he has to uh, be able to show how the Sufi orders from Fatima onwards are able to be universal and to speak to all of us through in all times. So this is what in the sacred hierarchy he has to do as a seal, as the seal. So, sorry, here we go. And if Klaus could read this poem. And you made him the basis of generosity, while Adam's creation was between water and clay. You transferred him until his time period circled back to what it was before. And you made his letter better than his first. You set him upright as a slave, tractable, humble, long ago. He whispered to you, in the cave of Iran. We've looked at these two loops uh, in, in these two loops come up in many when we're looking at names, divine names, and when we're looking at the history of creation, when we're looking at our own life, that we were dead and then we were brought into life pre-eternity. And then we were we die again in this world and then go to eternal life. So those are four. So what happens with this loop is that when it's split down the middle, and so the one word, the one entity is split down the middle at the footstool, then this, what you would get is another loop and actually not separate. It's a one loop, but now it's orientable. You can find out where you are on this on this loop. So this loop applies is is a powerfully spiritual, it's a powerful, uh, insightful way to read Quran, to read these uh, images. And one of the images that we can read here is the image of the light of Muhammad Sallallahu So the light of Muhammad that was there before the watering, Adam was in water and clay, then you have the invisible light of Muhammad so that we don't see. And then we have the visible one, and that's in the person of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam historically in Arabia uh, as an as a, as a embodied person. And then when he passes, when he passes away, he goes inward again so that we can't see him now. 
because he's passed away to the other world. And then on the day of judgment, when he will be visible again, and that will be when he is the master of all of humanity, because he is the master of all of the people. So the universality in the beginning and the end, and therefore this universal in the middle as well. And so inward, outward, inward, outward. So we can orient ourselves uh, by finding out where is this messenger. We can find invisible light of Muhammad, the visible messenger in person, embodied, the invisible messenger when uh, after he passes, and then the visible messenger again, who then is the one who intercedes for all and is the master on the day of judgment. And this uh, is the sealing of, he is the seal of prophethood. So he's, Muhammad Sallallahu seals prophethood and said, this is the seal, it's now protected like a seed protected by the soil. And so he whispered to you uh, in, the, in Hira. So this is in the, the cave. And in the lap of Khatija, he is, he is told that this is who you are. So he's, he's reassured that he's not going insane, but that he is this embodiment of this, this completely universal light of Muhammad that is from pre-eternity. And then he will then be the master on the day of judgment. So his, his, his experience of revelation is one of 23 years. And the first six months of, the, of, that, of those revelations were dream visions. And so because the six months were dream vision, half a year, uh, the hadith is that we are told that the nabuat, uh, that the true dream is 146th of nabuat. So this fraction is one is a half year of the 23 years of total prophethood. So he received all kinds of revelations in every form over 23 years. The one and those that prophecy has been sealed. The first six months is though is there universally for everyone for all time. And that's the first six months of his experience of revelation as the dream vision. So the dream vision uh, is still there, is still alive. It's the way that, the, that his community, uh, his mother community is able to receive revelation through dreams. And so that's why the prophethood is 146 at this dream vision. And the other pro uh, process of someone uh, like Ibn Arabi who is the seal of this universal one who seals, they are going to bring out and invest others to carry on this mission, to carry on this message. And so Ibn Arabi does have this message uh, that he is told he must uh, carry out. And he's told to counsel, uh, Allah says, counsel my creatures, counsel my slaves. And so investiture is the way that Ibn Arabi gives this person, this person, and that person the means to continue the propagation of this message from Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Investiture. I invested Safiya with the cloak of we poor ones when she was adorned with the adornment of the trusted ones. 
She came with every excellence and she transcended her opposites coming from examination and she completed perfectly her virtues and she became sanctified. And she perfumed herself with the entirety of the divine names. The spirits came to her in her niche as they did with Mary. So she is Bedul, purely dedicated, a sister of the Virgin. She's protected like the pearl, no thought of doubt. She's constant sound of judgment, a red, a red anemone. Descending to give her good tidings are the angels of the heaven, one night to bestow the inheritance of the lineage. Yeah, I think anemone, but you know, others will know better than me. And if you could continue with this one, these two, please. I invested the full moon, brother, the Ethiopian, with a patched cloth cloak of perfect creation when his light announced the immense darkness of the night after the glow has disappeared. I said to him, O full moon, do not become revealed and do not swerve some day from the most beautiful paths. I invest you with the cloak of simplicity and of a treasure stored for another day. Lo, you have stripped off the garment of the long sage, of the long stage of the journey, and of what is just sufficient. I invested my daughter Safri with a cloak from the family of beautiful manners. I clothed her with the clothing of Taqwa, based on every creation inducing wonder. And I said, my daughter, travel with me on my path and with my course. The course is the law of the prophet, the Hashimi, the Arabi. This is how I clothed her with the cloak, based on every generous chosen teacher. I declare this and I am Muhammad ibn al-Arabi. Thank you. So the one who seals this uh, authority based on Muhammad sallam, that the seal is to protect the seeds and then to make the seed culture, the soil culture, one where they can grow, the plants can grow. And so this uh, function of the mother, of, of these seeds and of, of helping them grow and of investing others is how Ibn Arabi gives us the lineage which transmits this truth from the light of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So this transmission and this lineage of course, it's so interesting. You can see that much of the, the you, well, look at the quality of and the beauty of this uh, lineage that Ibn Arabi and in, in, in the other ones that he's describing uh, just describes his wonder at looking at these people who he, he's investing. Look how wonderful they are. They're perfectly complete. They perfected the virtues. Uh, their beauty is astounding, you know, and so this, are, is the quality of the people who are bringing and transmitting this lineage and this message uh, from the light of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And so this, is, and of course then, Badr is the Ethiopian and the intense darkness of the night after the glow has disappeared. So this is telling, Ibn Arabi is telling us that this is now for the third part of the night. And in the third part of the night, all of these people who have been invested will then sprout and they will bring out uh, this beautiful message of universality.
And then the other transmission uh, is also of the Futuhat itself. So the, the, the book, the work, the Futuhat, the openings revealed in Mecca, uh, this one is also transmitted. And so the lineage uh, is, there, there are different lines of the transmission of the Futuhat and Makiya. Here's one. Here ends the reading and the audition before our Sayyid, God be pleased with him. Second audition in the handwriting of the arranger. I state and I am Muhammad ibn Ali ibn Muhammad ibn al-Arabi, that this was read before me by the blessed daughter Umm Dalal, daughter of our Sheikh Zaki Ahmed bin Masud bin Shaddad, the original reader. And I authorize her to give it as a discourse based on me and to collect the book together, all of it. And it is the second recension of the openings revealed in Mecca in 37 manuscript books. And God speaks the true and who is the guide to the way and to God belongs all praise and God bless Muhammad and his family, all of them. Salam alaykum Okay. Um, الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد صدق الله العظيم so uh, so the the also the the lineage and what's transmission is the universal universality of the message so every part of the message uh, has to reveal the whole has to be shown and known to be the whole and the universal. And so, uh, you, this, Ibn Arabi reads this in two ways to show its universality. It is completely uh, descriptive of Allah, of the divine, and it's completely descriptive of humanity, who is the reflection of the divine. So, this, so that one uh, surah, these verses, uh, have the universal wisdom of completely describing and beautifully describing the divine and beautifully describing the reflection of the divine who is perfect humanity. So say, who is Allah? One. Allah, the one to whom all direct themselves. So Samad here is to direct yourself, to resort to. Not giving birth to, not birthed, who has no equal in anyone. So when we're talking about the who, the zat, Allah, the divine, God, there is no equal. And so over here, there's nothing equal to what's over there with the capital T over there. And so when we re read the universality of this surah with the perfect humanity, we read who is the all comprehensive name Allah one. So Allah taught Adam all of the names so the all comprehensive names are all residing in Adam. He taught Adam the names, all of them from Surah Al-Baqarah and created from one soul. So uh, all these souls are created from one soul and that capital O and capital S from Surah Al-Nisa. The all comprehensive name. So Allah here is the all comprehensive name because all of the names are, are inside and embraced by the name Allah the all comprehensive name who directs him back to the who that. So the, the name and the one named. So the all comprehensive name directs all back to the that. 
to the un inaccessible, unknowable, uh, uh, absolutely other name and Zat. And so that the all comprehensive name reaches back and points back to the one named. So this lump of clay called Adam and Eve, Adam Eve, before they're separated, Adam and Eve are one lump of clay. They do not give birth. So Adam and Eve do not give birth as a clump of clay. Adam Eve was not born. So nothing comes out of them from birth and they were not themselves born from anything. So Adam Eve, the lump of clay does not give birth. Adam Eve, the lump of clay was not born. Who, Adam and Eve, Adam Eve has no equal in any divine one. So there's nothing on this side which is equal to what's on that side. And there's nothing on this side which is equal or a match or similar to what's on this side. So there is no, this is utterly one side here, utterly another side here. Salatu Allah, Salamu Allah, Aleke Ya Rasulallah. Salatu Allah, Salamu Allah, Aleke Ya Habibullah. Deep within my heart, the vast pressure of love, transforming me into clear diamond. Hear your eyes, O mercy of Allah. All creation floods with this love of Rasul, delight of Allah, peace of Allah. Be with you, beloved of Allah, glorious one, praiseworthy one, Ya Nur Adin, Sheikh of Islam. Your fragrant cloth, O greenest of the green, is worn by your friends and kissed by your saints. I, Mohammed, passionate in love, Ahmed Mustafa, our lifeblood of love, merging with Allah, subsisting in Allah, emerging as Allah, Rasul Allah, vessel of the light, nectar of Ali, Ya Nuruddin, Kutub of mystery, Ya Nuruddin, axis of reality, Ya Nuruddin, Kutub al Arafin, Ya Nuruddin, master of the dream. Thank you. So these are the, the fragrant cloaks, so the investitures. So these are all of the vest investitures and and the and when we look around, we see only saints. I mean, we see all of those who have been invested with the this fragrant cloak, which is transmitting the message of the light of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And uh, Omar, if you could read the, this first verse. Indeed, in this Quran is a message for people who are worshippers. And we sent you only as a kind of mercy to the worlds. 
say, what has come to me by inspiration is that your God is one God. Will you then be ones who submit? Thank you. So the, the seal of prophecy, Muhammad Sallallahu uh, the overall universal pervasive quality is Rahma, kindness to the worlds, to all of the worlds. And this Rahma, kindness, mercy to all of the worlds, then the one who is transmitting that and, and making the invested lineage uh, in the person of Muhammad ibn Arabi, then he will also then be someone whose main and pervasive and universal quality is one of mercy, rahma. And there are many stories that he tells that uh, actually show us when we read them that this is someone of rahma. This is someone who is transmitting this rahma uh, also then to all of the worlds. And so one of the one of those many, many stories where you can understand that from Ibn Arabi is this one here. This person had brought to this king. So there was a period of life when he sat with the king. Um, and so something impairing his majesty. So he determined to kill him. When his story reached me, I turned myself to go before the king for intercession that he not kill him. Well, the face of the king changed color and he said, this is an offense I cannot forgive. Necessarily, he must be killed. I laughed out loud and said to him, you king, by God, had I known that in your kingdom, there was a sin which could rise to withstand your afua, your overlooking of fault, and could thoroughly overcome such afua, I would not have interceded for him with you at all. And I would not have had the belief about you that you are actually indeed a king. And then he says, by God, I am just one of the common Muslims. And by God, I cannot see in the entire world any offense which could rise to withstand my overlooking its offense, could rise to withstand his afua, his ability to forgive. Um, and so this is a, a, a quality that we see in Ibn Arabi throughout the Futuhat. Um, and so that tells us his position. So and we started with the Sotra Rahman. So let's, have, let's look at this. Uh, and Dragoman here, Dragoman is, is, is in Arabic Tarjuman. And it's the one who conveys, it conveys a message. So it's much more than translation. It's conveying a message, not just translating a message. Then his word is Arahman, taught the Quran. And he makes the Quran an object grammatically. Then he says, created humanity, taught him the clarification. Thus he sends down the Quran to him in order for him to convey as a dragoman based on what the true taught him. That is the clarification, which none will receive except this human being. So this human being is Muhammad Sallallahu So this, and then that is perfect humanity. So the Quran was sent down upon the heart of Muhammad Sallallahu It never stops being sent down upon the hearts of his mother community until the day of rising for judgment. Thus is the sent onto the hearts is new, never getting old. So it is the perpetual revelation. So the perpetual universal revelation is the one that is sent down to the heart of Muhammad and therefore sent down to his mother community until the day of arising for judgment. And learn, may God assist us and you, that the Quran is a renewed sight descending flush against the hearts of the reciters of him forever and ever, 
no one reciting him who recites him except based on a renewing descending from God, the all wise in apportioning the all praised. So the Quran is always coming to a new site, a fresh site. It's always new. It's always living. And whoever recites Quran is reciting a fresh Quran, freshly descended from, revealed by God, by Allah. So the heart is forever receiving a new, fresh Quran directly from the one who sends this, this Quran, this word. And so this is where we get the third part of the night. So the, we are told that in the third part of the night, our cherisher descends to the sky of this world, asking, is there anyone asking for forgiveness that I may forgive them? Is there anyone turning to me in repentance that I may give them, I may forgive them and, and turn to them? Is there anyone asking for anything that I may give it to them? So at this moment of the third part of the night, this is when Allah has this, uh, Ibn Arabi cites Allah's words of saying that when he comes down to the third part of the night and he finds his slaves reciting the Quran and he says, put down the Quran, Allah says, and let me recite the Quran to you in your own language. And I will tell you what I meant by this verse and that verse, and it will come directly from me. So this is the, what is the third part of the night, the perpetual, fresh, ever new Quran descending at every moment on the heart. And this is the special moment of those who are in the third part of the night. And so the, the third part of the night then is, it is our time. So Ibn Arabi says, this is a special time. This is our time. So he's invested all of these people as seeds. He's put the soil, the seal over them. They've protected, been protected and they grow and they grow forth. And so uh, Safri and all of the, the, the girls and women and men that he invested, he invested with them to carry this message and they have carried the message and the lineage is there and we find it to this day. Your cherisher comes down to the sky of this world in the third remaining part of the night. So that's when we just recite it. So when the time period of the third part of the night comes, and this is the time which we are in until the rising of dawn, the true will shine radiantly in Tajadli during the third part of this night. It is our time. He will provide knowings and mysteries and recognitions in the hearts by his Tajadli, what the letters of the reports cannot provide. So this is the direct uh, time when the divine speaks directly to the special face, which is in every created being. So the special face, which is in every created being from minerals to angels, humans, plants, the special face, which is in every created being is receiving this tajali directly. And so when they receive this directly, they have, they have a connection and a direct link from the lover to the beloved. And this is what the letters of the report cannot provide. So it's the job though of Ibn Arabi to take all of the letters, all of the letters of Quran, all of the letters of the fiqh, of the legal 
apparatus that's been developing in Islam. It's his job then to take those letters and show them to be universal. And so this is why he would go through every position that has ever been taken in legal matters and say, this is how it is universal. And then he'll take the, the Quran and he'll show that, that the Quran has within the Quran more and more and more to be seen and to be understood, more mysteries, more recognitions and more knowings. And so when he, in these 114 chapters that correspond to the 114 suwar, the surahs of the Quran, what he's doing is he's saying, let me take you to where they were revealed. Let me take you to the place where these 114 surahs were revealed. And so that's why in these chapters that we've been looking at since January, you don't get uh, the surah that he's looking at He's actually looking where it was revealed. And they won't, and they may be in the chapter one or two verses from that surah. The rest of the verses will be from other surahs. Because he's not looking at the letters, he's looking at where they were revealed. And then this living, perpetual, ever anew, ever fresh Quran is the one that, that comes descends flush against the heart of Muhammad وسلم, and then flush against the hearts of everyone in his mother community. And so this uh, is the explanation of, of, the, of how the Prophet وسلم, would recite the Quran. Aisha was asked about the character of, of Muhammad, of the messenger of God وسلم, and she said his character was the Quran, or you could say his character is the Quran. There is no verse in the Quran, but she has a property in the heart of this slave because the Quran descended for this. Messenger of God used to, in his reciting of the Quran, when he passed through a verse of good fortune, she would rule him to ask God for his excellence, and he would ask God for his excellence. And when he passed through a verse of torment and threat, ruling him to take refuge in God from it, he would take refuge. And when he passed through a verse magnifying God, she ruled him to magnify God, and he glorified him with the character which this verse gave him, the praise of God. And when he passed through a verse of history, and what came to pass, the divine force in the centuries before him, she ruled a heeding of the lesson, so he heeded her. So this is exactly looking over the verses of the Quran and understanding him. So when he was reciting the Quran, there was next to that or parallel to that, his words, his descriptions, his, his taking refuge, his asking for blessing. So as the Quran is recited, he would then step out and then uh, magnify God, say, thank you for your blessings. Give me your excellence. I take refuge in these threats and, and uh, torments that I've been hearing about. So this is how the living Quran works. So this living Quran is the one that is in the mother community's time. Look into the Quran through what he sent down flush against Muhammad, and do not look in, into it through what he sent down to the Arab in Arabic or you'll be disappointed with not perceiving its meaning. So go directly to Allah who will recite the Quran to you in your language. 
Indeed, he sent it down in the language of messenger of God, an Arabic language clarifying. In this Quran, with this language, he sent down the peaceful spirit, that is Gabriel, flush against the heart of Muhammad Thus he was with this language and Quran, one of the ones making us aware, that is one of the teachers. Therefore, when you speak of the Quran using that language which he was using, Muhammad the speaker, you go down a notch from that understanding he had, because you're going from the place that was, was revealed in one's own language to the letters and the words in which it was revealed. And you can't go from the letters and words that were revealed to that place. You have to go to that place. And then you can go backwards and then find out what was revealed in the letters of the Arabi language. The hearing of the prophet and his understanding of the Quran is not the understanding of the audience of his mother community of the Quran when they are reciting it. This is a fine point which I have not heard before this from anyone before me. She is far from intelligibility, and in her is that which is unapparent and concealed. So Ibn Arabi is telling us here, this is something that he's not heard from others, and that's because he has been given this mission to transmit the, the message of the light of Muhammad Wasallam. And so because he's given that mission, then it's no wonder that it hasn't come before in other people, and it hasn't come after, because he is the one who is meant to seal this sanctity by putting the soil over the seed and protecting the seed so that it grows. Okay. My heart is open, the priceless treasure, Ashka Muhammad. Ashka Muhammad, Allah, 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 Love's tears are falling, rains of the monsoon, Ashki Muhammad, Ashki Muhammad, Allah, 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 Light of the Kaaba, perfumed Medina, Desert of Prophets, Salam, Allah, 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 circles of lovers bring sweet Mustafa into the embrace of noble Khadijah. Allah, 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 Allah. Lightning is flashing, love's face is laughing, heart is awakened within the essence. Allah, Allah. Allah, 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 
Allah, Allah, Allah. Thank you. And Klaus could read the poem for us and the pro and the and the sentence up above the poem also. Now see, it is none but you to be the site of radiant brilliance for his most beautiful names. So do not quit your place and do not depart. I am the fertile feminine ground for whatever he delivers as a midwife from us. So we are ever praising God. There is not in existence any man, i.e., who is biologically unable to bear the radiant brilliance he delivers as a midwife. Indeed, the man, the one's cultures designates them as such, they are actually the fertile ground. So they are my soul and they are my hope. Okay, thank you. So the prophets, their religion is one and their laws are different and multiple. Or it means their times are different while their mothers are one. So this is how Arabi begins to show us unity in the many, one in the many. So human mothers and the divine midwife, which is such an amazing position. So it is our time. And so when we ask, Arabi talks about where's the 114th Basmala? So that is all of the surahs start with Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Uh, but one of them doesn't. And so the question always is, where's that 114th basmala to go with the 114 surahs or chapters of the Quran? Well, the answer that Ibn Arabi gives us, it's been carried by Mother Bilqis and it's been carried in her own language. So he makes a point when he talks about this, that this is not the Arabi language, it's her own language. She has a language um, and it's carried by her in her language. And so when she tells her councilmen this letter from Suleiman is, it is in the all-embracing name of Al, because that's the word that she would have used for the divine, the supremely compassionate, the merciful. So she speaks this in her language and carries it as a mother in her language. It's her one that she is holding and bearing. And so by holding this, she holds the 114th Basmala. And the verse then comes, so she said, it is like it is, and knowing has been given to me. So it is like it is, is the universal truth that Ibn Arabi is passing on to us. It is like it is. And so it is, and it's like it is. And so knowing has been given to me. So this is the, uh, you know, this will be our ceiling of where this heart is, where the special face is, who holds these, uh, these truths, who holds the 114th Basmala, and how it's hold, and who has been chosen to hold it. And that tells us something about who we are and where we're going. So, alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Um, and what we could, and just a segue, I think, let me go ahead and put quickly up um, and the announcement from Peer Press for the books, which are uh, any day now, I think, inshallah, coming from uh, the printer and arriving 
in New York. So let me put that up and then we can, I can turn that over. So have a look at this. And so, you know, go to Peer Press and pre-order and we'll take it from there. So, yeah, so three volumes, it's, it's starting to happen. <laughs> and uh, we, we're working on volume four now to get that type set. And Nora is, uh, is helping and Shamir, both of them, oh, they're, they're, their rectangles are close to each other. Shamir in Kerala is uh, is editing, and uh, Nora is editing as well. Because Ron is, is has done the huge editing, and and then he says, "Okay, now if there's any problem left, you've got to send it to these two and uh, let them see what they can do with it." So it's been a, an amazing process, and we're working on volume four right now. <laughs> so thank you, and if I meet the Nora could help us from now. Sure. Thank you. Um, so Tessa in Amsterdam says, Aslam alaikum shu'ab, why God choose to use this term ku'alahu ahad rather than just simply state that God is ahad? What is the secret of according to Ibn Arabi? Uh, well, we'll have to, I'll have to sit with that one for a while. Um, yeah, let me sit with that one for a while. That's, this okay. is yeah. This is this is very important because these are all statements. Ibn Arabi makes the point that ikhlas is a series of statements. Um, so it's not an argument. It's not a comparison or or any kind of logical uh, way of of demonstrating something. So it is statements. So then why is the pool there? So let me sit with that. Thank you. How can what you said in the last slide show us where we were coming from and where we are heading? Okay. So where we're coming from, where we're heading. So it's so we're looking at the transmission of this universal message, and the transmission of the, there's one the the most obvious or the most uh, visible historic transmission of this universal message is in the religion called Islam. And so in the religion of Islam, you have the, the ulama, the people who know, you have the fuqaha, the people who make legal decisions, you have the hukama, who are the wise people and the judges. So this is in a sense, the uh, outward expression of this universal message. But because it's an outward expression, it has to define, it has to become uh, historicized, it has to, be, has to enter into time, enter into history, and then it will have its own qualities. So Ibn Arabi's job is to take this outward Islam and to show that it is, it is still or truly is universal. And so he has to look at Quran and, and Sunnah and show these to be universal. He has to look at all the legal decisions that have been made over the centuries and show how they are universal and apply to every community uh, from Adam to the last person born. And so that he has, that's his job uh, for the outward part of Islam. And then for the inward part, like for the Sufi orders, the tarifat, uh, he has to show that, that they are holding within them this universal truth and this universal message of rahma of mercy and so um i long ago a while ago it just occurred to me and i kind of got the words that ibn arabi is implicit in all of these orders and he's explicit in uh, almost explicit in in none so he's well, he's very slightly explicit in other words 
people, these orders have been transmitting Ibn Arabi's message without putting a label on that, saying this is Ibn Arabi, this is the Futad, or this is the Fusus. Uh, he's, they're transmitting that message almost without uh, saying where it's coming from. And so this is the perfect way of that the seed has been covered by the soil. So the Sufi orders have kept the soil there so that the seed uh, doesn't get uh, hit by insults and lies. And so it allows the plant then to grow. And the, these, these, the Sufi orders implicit, in, that means folded in. So folded into these orders is the message of Ibn Arabi. So where are we coming from and where are we going? We're coming from, uh, the instead of looking at saying that oh the universal islam is being transmitted by the outward islam uh he has to come in and say look at the outward islam let me show its universality because the people who are propagating it and are, are often do not see the universality of what they are propagating and so they say oh uh, mercy and forgiveness is, is is only to this community or this ethnicity or this religious uh, affiliation and so ibn arabi has to uh, say that's not the universal message um, and so he has to address that and then the inward uh, who has he sent this to who is he invested well among the people he's invested um, are safri and these other women and, and Badr Habshi, the Ethiopian, who's a, a, a freed slave. Um, and so he's not, and he sits with the king in that one period of his life. And then he, even that, he's not very friendly with that king. He said, he laughs at his face and said, you can't forgive what's wrong with you. You're not really a king. And so what the transmission has been, has not been through the leading elite of society. It's not been through the, the rich men and the, and the rich elites. Um, it's been through these kinds of people in society who are, the, who are the soil for these seeds and are bearing these seeds. So it's, uh, it's not coming from this kind of grand and or grandiose uh, lineage of, of Muslim elites, either outwardly elites or, or even inwardly elite with spiritual hierarchies. And so he's actually quite, uh, he's quite critical of the people who want to be esoteric or inward uh, elites. And he kind of, he knocks them down a, a few pegs as, is there, as they need to be done. So this gives us a sign for what we should look at. If we're looking for a transmission and this lineage, we won't find it in the grand libraries and grand mosques and, and grand museums. We won't find it in, the, in these uh, grand uh, sort of Sufi, Sufistic uh, um, displays and appearances. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be elsewhere. And so look for it there. <laughs> when Ibn Arabi speaks of the Quran being revealed newly in one's own language in any moment, is this quote, life itself quote, as Quran? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I... yeah so the Quran then is the, is that that which is reciting it is the recitation of the word of God. Um, when Aisha says he is, his character is the Quran. So what you're looking at then is you're looking for the character who is the Quran. And the Quran then is this, the, the person, and it's also that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and it's also his perfect humanity. 
So the Quran is that place where the revelation of Allah lands flush against that heart. So it's the front, it lands flush against the heart of this person as he was alive, and it, and it comes flush against the heart of his mother community. And so the, his mother community is the one flush against the heart. This living Quran is coming. And they're always getting their truth by revelation directly. Um, they're not going through the letters to get to the meaning. They're going straight to the meaning. And so their honoring of the letters is their honoring of the meaning. Is living Quran and living Luna the same? As the manger, peace be upon him, is described as the walking Quran. How is community which knows no Arabic, how does it live by the Quran? So the, uh, the living Quran and the living Sunnah is that, that the emulation, that putting your foot exactly in the footprints of your prophet. And so the, that means, and so Ibn Arabi counsels us and cautions us that don't put your foot anywhere but the place that the prophet has put his foot. And so the, to be able to, to emulate and follow the mercy and the, the rahmah that is embodied by Muhammad historically and is there in his mother community is one that takes place outside of language and it's not limited to language. So just as the Bismillah Rahman Rahim is not limited to Arabic or Arabi language, in the same way, the practice of perfection of virtues, the, the, the practice of completion of slavehood, that is that we are the complete recipients of the divine image, that one is, takes place outside of language and is not limited by language. And so Ibn Arabi is saying that when Allah comes to you in the third part of the night and says that you're, you're reading in the Quran and where is my place? Where am I? Because when you're reading about these wonderful people, you say, oh, bless these wonderful people. And when you're reading about these terrible things that have happened, you say, oh, keep me and save me from that hellfire and, and save me from all of these torments. And he says, so where is my place? So Ibn Arabi is saying, Allah is asking, where is my place? Because you should then open up this heart and say, speak to me directly. And then Allah says, I will recite to you the Quran in your own language. Mm. And so, of course, it's very, very, very powerful. But it's saying it's the honoring of the Arabic language is there. And the honoring of the, uh, the language, language-less place is there. Wasn't Ibn Arabi himself a spiritual elite? Do we necessarily have to avoid all elites? Uh, I, well, that depends. He was he was honored as a hadith scholar. Um, I don't know that in the in the in the spiritual realm how many people recognized him. Uh, he as he was going around. So this this is all you know. What what exactly were his different levels? Um, and I think he had different levels at different times. And so he does. He talks about. Uh, when he tells the story about his early times on the path, you can kind of get a, fig, a feel for where he was socially. Um, but then, you know, who he surrounded himself with and how he spoke uh, really shows that he is, in a sense, out of his historical time. He's speaking very much universally. And this, uh, this, is, this is very clear to me uh, when I've been looking at, at the idea of, of gender and, and, and 
gender and the nouns and Arabi and the gender and people and all of that. Um, he's really is speaking outside of outside of his time. And uh, and so and and he, and some of the sentences can't be understood unless we understand he's not speaking the way we do now. When you say he, we mean we mean men, even though we say we mean men and women and so on. When he talks about uh, this spectra, the different spectrums that we have of, of gender, of, of, of body morphology, of sexuality, you can, he's speaking outside of his, his time. And, he's, and that's because he has to speak universally. And so in a way, um, he therefore, he, to some extent, he has to, he has to put soil over the seed so that people don't uh, uh, attack him and, uh, and call him a liar and all of that. Um, and yet, and, and one of the things that we also know historically is that the, the way we perceive him, the way people perceived him later was only after about three centuries that people began to say, here's someone very special. Um, so, you know, in one way, uh, it took quite a while for people to say, this is who he is, this is someone special. Um, what exactly is the difference between the Araby language and classical Arabic? So the Arabic language then is is the language that takes that takes place all the way up until the passing of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and so every word uh, has its meaning from from that historical period. After that, it's no longer the Arabic language; it's a growing, living Arabic language, and so it's something different. And this was within the first century of the great lexographer. People knew that they had to find out that. If the Quran is in the Arabi language, we need to find out what the Arabi language means. And it can't mean, it doesn't mean what it means as the decades and centuries go on. And so they, they would look for the, the, Bedou, the Bedouin people and, and say people who have not uh, had any kind of book learning and things like that. And they would say, what is this meaning of this word? And so uh, the, and the people of the law also were very aware of that, that they had to know what the definition of this word was in the time before or while the prophet was alive and so after that the, the language becomes arabic and it becomes a, a living and natural growing language and it's interesting that the the some of the the greatest of the lexicographers the people writing these dictionaries um uh they had a connection to the lineage of ibn al-arabi and so they were very it's very it's fascinating that the that the language uh, was seen to be a place where Ibn Arabi would be transmitted through this, through this, these, the language and the special kind of language called the Arabi language. Um, it was mentioned that the Quran will never stop from being set down on the hearts of the prophet mother community. In this sense, does the seal of saints mean that he is not the last one who received the Mohammedan truth? Yeah, so the, the way with the, the seal here is that the, the prophet in the, in the body of Rasulullah Muhammad Sallallahu that is then sealed. And what it means by sealed is that everything that comes, that came before was from the light of Muhammad. Everything that comes after is from the light of Muhammad. And so what's sealed is, this, is, the, is the history and saying this is the seal. And... Um, the same way with Ibn Arabi, what is sealed is sealed once. And so that after that, there will be people who will receive all this because they have had that seal uh, 
take the, take his place. So sealing doesn't mean I'm alone and I'm the only one who knows these things. Uh, it actually means that I have been the one who have transmitted the universality of it. And so anyone who takes from this fountain will be able to understand and see all of these things as Allah wills. And so uh, it's it, instead of being, see, we typically think of hierarchies and all of that. Um, and maybe this is the, the male or the masculinist way of looking at things, you know, you know, I have this knowledge and it's my possession and I'm higher than you because you don't have this knowledge. And this is a very, very, very different way of looking at it. And it's saying that here is the seed covered by the soil and everyone who draws from here is drawing from the same source I am drawing from and therefore they are all my equals and so, and betters and lessers, so all of that. So they, they can be any of, thing, any of these things. Um, and this is how Ibn Arabi, in that one place where I was using that passage with the king to show Ibn Arabi's, the universality of Brahma, he says, I'm just a common Muslim and yet I. And so Ibn Arabi is, is telling you that I, I am just a common Muslim. This is nothing special. It doesn't take me to be an elite or to be really advanced spiritually for me to understand that Rahma is universal. Salams. What I see today as Sharia does not seem at all universal. In fact, it terrifies me. And another person says, you can say that again. <laughs> yeah, this and this is why uh, Ibn Abi has, he counsels us how to read Quran, how to read and the, the Sunnah, the Hadith, how to read the fiqh, the legal decisions and all of that. Um, how to read what the Sufis are transmitting as well when they transmit things which are limited and, uh, and defined in a way that's exclusionary of the things that it should not be excluding. Um, so part of the, the job is to show that this is universal. And you could say it's not an easy job because what happens is that we have all of this baggage uh, that we see, we read something a certain way and then we just, we use our baggage and say, oh, this is, this is what's happening here. I'll give you one example how I had to be, you know, schooled by Ibn Arabi on this one. The one he's talking about um, that the, the, the men have a, a degree over the women. So the, to, the, to the men, there is a daraja over the women. And so, and Ibn Arabi is, is citing this one. I'm, I'm looking at it and I say, okay, now how's he meaning all of this? And then right after that, he says, and the women have, this is to make up for the degree that the women have over the men. And he describes what he means by the women having a degree over the men. And he talks about in the language uh, that when you say al-mara, you say the man and al-marat, you say the woman. And so the marat has an alif and a ta, which is 201 quantity bigger than what the man has. And so that's her degree that gives her a degree over the men. And then he'll take the verse about uh, that you need the two women are witnessing for uh, and then and one one man and two women make the financial future financial obligation there has to have these women if there's um, two men or one man and two women. And so Ibn Abi talks about that and then he says, and of course, there are time when the one woman is the witness and no number of men can match her witness. So when she gives, the, she is the only witness that's accepted by the judge and no number, any number of men could, uh, can match that single one witness. And so Ibn Arabi, what he's doing with that 
he is he's going through in this particular chapter that we probably should probably go over that again. Uh, he's he's doing something very interesting. He is he is looking to heal men and he's looking to heal women for the the harm that's come from sort of patriarchal and and limited understandings of Quran and Sunnah. And so he he sees his job there to say, you know, you all have been damaged by these these limited and poor understandings of Quran and Sunnah. And so he then will go into it and say, this is the universality of it. And he heals the men by saying that if we men uh, are not devoted slaves of Allah, then we will not be able to make, to act. And if we don't act according to the way the divine wants us to, he says, the divine izzat, which is feminine, she will not look at you and she will cast you away. So he's telling the men that you, you're, what, what you have is this action, but this is if you're a devoted slave. And if your action is coming and it's not be coming from the divine, then she, the izzat, she will not look at you. And so it is. It addresses the, in a sense, the the very basic, um, you know, male feeling of not being seen, because the idea, and even in the Arabic language, the word for male is the one who's talked about. So there's something about the man to be talked about and to be seen. And so this is Ibn Arabi counseling the male, and um, and then when he talks to the female, he then says things like, you know, your one witness is stronger than any number of male witnesses and your uh, degree is higher than the men by 201 uh, in all of these cases um, and then the feminine cases and all that and then he said if there were only for the woman the fact that the zat is feminine and the sifat the adjectives are feminine it's, then he ends the sentence it would be enough and in the middle he said for those women whose heart has been hurt by men who know nothing about the matter as it truly is, then it would be enough. And so that's his, uh, so in that one place, the only way I could understand these different, these seemingly contradictory uh, statements is to understand that he, he is in this place. He is sending a healing to the male and a healing to the female. Mm. What's the best way to learn the Arabic language today? Uh, so the, the, one of the things that's really wonderful is that uh, Edward Lane, I guess of the 19th century, uh, he translated uh, these, all of the great uh, dictionaries of the Arabic language. And this one is just, he, he's just done an amazing job. Uh, he would go to the mosques in Egypt and he would, you know, get all these dusty manuscripts and he would study them and he created a dictionary which uh, is the, the, for me, it's the best way that I've been able to enter into this Arabic language. And when you get there, you see that all of these truths that Ibn Arabi talking about is actually, it's embedded inside these words themselves. And so all these great truths are, are in the language itself. And so it's a fascinating entry. Um, and then, I'll, and we've, I think we're slowly, the academic world is slowly becoming a little less dismissive of the so-called Orientalists of the 19th century and realizing that some of these guys were quite, quite uh, 
good and did some amazing work. So you have people like Wright who translates a German from the early 1800s, who's translating Sabawi and, and, and all of the, the historical great uh, poets uh, and, and language uh, scholars. And so those are, those are ways that to, to enter in. Um, and then the, what we're looking at with the way the Quran comes flush against the heart of the mother community, you can call this the heart of the Quran. And so uh, in, the, in the Jirahi order, Sheikh Noor uh, wrote the heart of Quran to go to that place where it was where the Quran was revealed, and then to step back and then to use words that explain and describe and elucidate what is being revealed in that surah. So that's called Heart of Quran. And, um, and this is Ibn Arabi's, what we've done for 114 chapters now, well, we have a few more left, is to look at the heart where this surah was revealed. Um. But aren't such limitations embedded in the Quran's translations that are available to us? Yeah, absolutely. And and you and it, and I, I don't want to. I mean, the the, the Quran translators, uh, the the old the old ones, or you know, the last hundred years, some of the old ones uh, are actually. You know, I, I don't want to say anything negative against them. So much good that they've done, and. Uh, and yet there are limitations. And one of the limitations that I was just sort of, it kind of cracked me up, I guess, at one point that we, the Quran says, uh, and, and we forgive all sins. So Allah says, he forgives all sins. And then there's a footnote saying, that's only if you're very sincere and you repent and you don't do it again. And he said, I said no, that's not in the text. That's, that's you saying, you know, telling people, you know, trying to limit the forgiveness of the divine and the forgiveness of the divine is not to be limited so absolutely the translators take all of this and then they they limit um and so the other way and the other way that the limitation is is to not realize the context of each of these uh, verses and even i that's another chapter we may get to soon next friday or so where he talks about you have to read quran and furqan so quran is the embracing all and the furqan is the criterion which separates and divide he says you have to know which of the two you're reading at the time so we might have hmm. to go into that later here's the heart of the quran book okay <laughs> the mentioned earlier um let's see uh oh sorry that's why translations are okay uh i read that lane could not complete it and the ones that could do what he did and then yeah and then the the next one is the best way to learn arabic in 2021 is professor lee who has zoom classes fridays for beginners and saturdays for intermediates. Okay, good, good. Uh, yeah, Ed, Edward Lane, I think uh, he, from about noon, from about N onwards, uh, he only has some of the work done. And then I think his nephew was the one who uh, tried to uh, fill in what, what he had missed. And so, uh, yeah, and apparently the nephew's work, he tried very hard, but could not reach the level of, his, of, of Edward Lane. Okay. Um, uh, like we're, we may be complete. Okay. Um, thank you, everyone. Okay. Very good. Good to see everyone. Take care. Bye.